the C.D. Howe Institute, Essential Policy Intelligence. Welcome to Intelligence Chat, a C.D. Howe Institute podcast that asks the right questions and provides the answers. I'm Kyle Murphy. From the billions Ontario plans to spend under its Climate Change Action Plan, to the federal government's $2 billion Low Carbon Economy Trust, governments across Canada and around the world have shown that they are prepared to provide significant support for the development of low greenhouse gas emissions technology. But how should governments design their technology support policies to get the most bang for these public dollars? According to the Institute's latest report, author David Popp argues that it's not enough for governments to subsidize green technology. They must also create demand for it throughout the economy. To help us unpack the author's recommendation, I'm joined now by Benjamin Dacus, Associate Director of Research here at the Institute. Ben, welcome. Thanks for having me. Ben, to start, what evidence suggests that governments need to both directly support the development of green technology and the demand for it? Supporting technology development means not only investing in new technologies, but also creating demand for clean technologies in the broader economy. Now, without policies that reflect the social costs of damages caused by pollution, newly developed, low emissions technology just will not diffuse through the marketplace. But let's step back here and really understand the role of subsidies for low emissions technology and carbon prices. Those are for uh, to and to address what economists have termed market failures. These failures mean that market forces alone will not lead to an optimal allocation of society's resources. And that therefore justifies government intervention to address these two market failures. Now, two market failures are particularly relevant to energy and environmental technology. When there's no cost to polluting, firms, firms and consumers have little incentive to reduce emissions without some sort of policy intervention. Thus, the market for technologies that reduce emissions are going to be limited without some sort of policy intervention that alter these incentives. One example is, of course, a carbon price, which deals with the incentive for companies to invest. And at the same time, the public good nature of knowledge leads to spillovers that benefit the public as a whole, but not to the innovative. And as a result, potentially innovative private firms and individuals may not have the right incentives to provide the socially optimal level of research activity. Science policy to support research performed in both the private and the public sectors helps to bridge this gap. And such policies may include things like direct government funding of research projects, or maybe indirect support, such as tax credits for private sector R&D. Why is carbon pricing the most effective method of creating demand? We need to think about the overall portfolio of reducing emissions. Carbon pricing on its own would get us about 95% of the way towards a a combined policy of both a carbon price and an R&D subsidy. Whereas an R&D subsidy alone only gets about 11% of the overall economic benefits of a combined policy. So we need to have some some form of uh, policy mix, but carbon pricing gets us most of the way there. What areas of green technology should the government directly support? And could you give us some examples? The evidence shows that there is room for governments to expand their R&D subsidy programs. Again, governments need to be very careful as to how they design them. They need to make sure that when they're evaluating any sort of R&D program, that they're not crowding out uh, uh, private R&D that companies would otherwise do on their own. 
that that's especially important when governments are thinking about supporting uh, any kind of um, energy, new energy uh, technology adoption. And governments really should be avoiding those because that's the sort of thing that definitely crowds out what people would have otherwise done. The author concludes that, quote, Canada cannot go it alone. What does he mean, Ben? Well, what he means is that investors want access to global markets. And for Canadian investors, that's particularly important because we're a fairly small economy. We need to think about the broader world out there. So the CD Institute paper looks at the effect of roughly equal-sized subsidy programs both here in Canada or abroad. And the results very clearly demonstrate that international markets and thinking about international access is going to be most important. Foreign markets are on average about 30 times larger than any domestic market like what we have here in Canada. And what, what the paper shows is that the effect of any kind of policy abroad, equivalent policy abroad, is going to be about twice as important as any sort of domestic subsidy. So what this shows is that the ability of Canadian firms to compete in global markets is going to be the most important thing for adopting a Canadian clean energy technology sector. Ben, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. You can find the comprehensive analysis at www.cdhow.org along with cutting-edge analysis on a wide variety of public policy issues. And that's all for Intelligence Chat. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Until next time, I'm Kyle Murphy. Thanks for listening. The C.D. Howe Institute. Essential Policy Intelligence.